Good morning. My name is Katie Ruth, and I'm going to be a senior at Riverview High School this fall. It is wonderful to be in worship with you this morning. Let us pray. God of steadfast love, your works delight our hearts and expand our thoughts. Your grace and mercy draw us together to praise you and to celebrate your wonderful deeds. Dwell among us today and reign within the lives of each one gathered here, helping us to grow in discernment and understanding. Grant wisdom and courage that we may walk in your ways and keep your commandments. Amen. Now let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude.
Please stand for the call to worship. God of grace, you have given us minds to know you, hearts to love you, and voices to sing your praise. Fill us with your spirit that we may celebrate your glory and worship you in spirit and truth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us worship our Lord together this morning.
We who are tossed about in a sea of competing images and priorities are summoned before God to be drawn back to a life centered by faith. Let us all call upon God's mercy and forgiveness. O oh God, we confess that we have lived so comfortably in the abundance of our times that we have made things our gods. We spend our days dreaming of and working for possessions that cannot satisfy. The pursuit of riches replaces the quest for faith and faithful relationships. We do not know you, God, and our relationship with others is superficial at best. Redeem us, we pray, from our self-destructive ways and restore us to your covenant community. Amen. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare you in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In And now let us say what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now turn and say hello to those around you. Good morning. Good morning. 
If you can't tell, I'm a little excited about this morning. <laughs> Today is the day, one day out of every year where our students get an opportunity to share about their summer experiences. And so I am so excited to be with you this morning to hear along with you the ways in which God is transforming the lives of our teenagers. So thank you for being here this morning. We believe that you will be blessed and that you will see the face of God in a way that maybe you haven't before. And so we're thankful that you're here this morning. We have a few announcements for you this morning, so bear with me just one second before we get to it. Our cellist this morning, which, wow, by the way, <laughs> Yi Young Yu is currently pursuing a bachelor degree in cello performance at New England Conservatory in Boston, where she studies with Natasha Borowski. She currently plays on a David Techler cello made in 1711 generously loaned to her by the New England Conservatory. And today she's on loan from, uh, for, to us today from her home church of the Korean Presbyterian Church here in Sarasota where her father is the pastor. <clears throat> Blessing of the Backpacks is coming next week. All kids preschool through fifth grade are invited to bring their new or used backpacks to worship to the 9 a.m. services both here and in the garden for a special blessing next Sunday. Fall kickoff. It's here. Can you believe it? Fall is about to begin. Save the date. Fall kickoff will be held in two weeks, Sunday, August 30th, from 10.15 to 11.30 in the campus center and in the courtyard. Adult and children's activities will, will be out there. There will be sign-ups for the fall year. Fall calendar will be available. There will even be a rock climbing wall for those adventurous types, games, crafts, a pancake breakfast, and more. So you're not going to want to miss that. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. We're going to be all over the campus. Come celebrate the start of the school year and the uh, new year together as a church family. Gift of the Heart kits, hygiene kits for the Presbyterian Disaster Relief. See the bulletin for the list of items that can be donated, then come to our fall kickoff and build a kit. Donation items can be dropped off at the front office during the week or in the bucket under the tree this morning. Also in your bulletin this morning, Honduras School Supplies. Help the Honduras BBS children by donating school supplies. See your bulletin for the list of supplies that can be dropped off in the church office during the week or the box marked Honduras BBS on Sundays. I believe that's on page 16 in your bulletin. Also, something else that's very exciting that's happening here in the Church of the Palms family, uh, we have a new app for the church, church-wide app. Um, besides keeping you connected via the live stream, our website, and our Facebook and Twitter pages, you can now download the brand new Church of the Palms app that is available on the Google Play Store for Android phones and the App Store, the iTunes App Store for uh, any Apple products. The app features, um, for app features, see the bulletin for more information. And last but certainly not least, I want to say, and uh, from family ministry, ministry uh, we want to say thank you to all of the adults who sacrifice, sacrifice is a big word, but who sacrificed a week uh, of their life this week or more to go on one of our four student ministry or family ministry trips. Um, their names are listed in the bulletin on page seven, and we want to thank you, our entire congregation, for all of your prayers and all of your support of our ministry. Honestly, it could not happen without you. Because of you, we're helping to create the kind of faith that sticks after they leave uh, high school and move on to, to college. So we're, we're thankful to you for that. Also, please consider serving with us in student ministry. There are ways that all of you can be involved. 
For some of you, you like to pray. Well, we can create a prayer team for certain groups of students. Uh, For some of you, you like to be in relationship with students. We have entry-level positions that you can come in and just kind of slowly slide into relationship with our teens. Uh, But you won't stay there long because they're so great and they're so fun that you'll just want to dive in headlong. So uh, we have lots of opportunities for you. If you're interested in that, please see me. Uh, or see Lori, we'd be happy to get you connected. We've got a whole lot of new opportunities coming up here in the next couple of weeks as uh, the school year begins. It's great to be in worship with you guys this morning. Let us continue in worship. morning. Let us pray. Dear Lord, you are doing incredible things in each of our lives. We often forget that when our struggles pile on. You make all things good. Remind us of your presence, Lord. 
Reveal yourself to those that are in desperate need of your guidance. Help us to always be aware of the place you hold in the lives of us all. You are our strength when we are weak. Life gets pretty difficult, but you will always be there to hold our hands and straighten our arrows. We are a broken world, but you are here to hold it together. Strengthen us, remind us, reveal yourself, God. Thank you for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you have planned for us in the future. You are truly incredible and gift us with an abundance of blessings. Now let us continue our prayer with the prayer Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We will now continue our worship with the giving of, of our tithes and offerings.
Let us pray. Lord, all that we are, all that we have comes from you. We humbly offer to you these gifts in loving gratitude for all that you've given us. Father, we pray that this offering is pleasing to you and that it helps feed the hungry, offers clothing, shelter, and protection to the weak, and so much more. Most importantly, we pray that this offering is always used to bring you glory and honor. Amen. Please be seated. We now invite the children to come forward for the children's moment. All right, guys, we want to sit on these steps here because we have some teenagers that are going to be at the very top. So we can just be like sort of in these and then so you can turn so you can see. Excellent. And I'll, hello, good morning. We are continuing our series on games, on the game of life and how we were trying to learn to play by God's rules. So today we thought we would start with a game. So each of our teenagers brought a game. So you have to like turn around so you can see them. And we're going to see if you can tell what they have in common. So, Kaylee, what did you bring? Ah, Bananagrams. AJ? Scrabble. So, what did you bring? Okay, an iPad. So there could be a lot of games on that. What game did you actually have on there? Words with friends. Words with friends. Okay, so we've got these three games. Can anyone tell me what they all have in common? Anyone at all? What might those three games? Sophie, what do you think? Words. Say it again. Words. Words. Those three games all have words in common. Are words good or are words bad? Eh, some are good, some are bad. That's right. So today we want to learn how our Bible can teach us to use our words to help and not hurt. So the Bible story is going to come from the book of Acts. And if we're in Acts, here's what's happened so far. Jesus has already been on the earth. He has already taught the disciples. He has been crucified. He died, and he raised again, was raised again. And now we have the Apostle Paul, <laughs> who is spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. So here's what's going on. Paul and a bunch of the prisoners need to be shipped to Rome because there's going to be a big trial there. And so he's made into this prisoner. Guess what? Paul didn't really do anything wrong. He just was proclaiming Jesus Christ. And he, they say, we're all going to go to Rome. And Paul tries to tell them, no, we can't go now. It's too close to winter. It's too dangerous. Well, guess what the guards decided? You're going anyway. <laughs> so they get on the ship. They're out in the middle of the ocean, and the winds came up. Oh, they are strong. Did you see those strong winds up there? And then the water started coming over the edges of the boat. Uh, oh, we're in the splash. And it was just about ready to crash. And you know what? Right then, Paul could have said, you knuckleheads, I told you this wasn't the time to sail. I told you it would be too dangerous. Or he could have said, this is what you get for teaching, for treating me like this, and all I am is a follower of Jesus Christ. But instead, instead, he chose words to help. He said, be courageous. We're going to be okay. Guess what? You should serve my God because he is a really great God, and he's going to make sure that everything works out all right. We have a choice, friends. We can choose words that help, 
or we can choose words that hurt. Words with friends, words with enemies, we want to choose words that help. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we use so many words every single day. Help us, Lord, to pick those words that give you honor, that help, encourage, and support, not words that hurt. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. Our first scripture lesson today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket but on the lampstand, and gives it to the light in all the house. 
In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that may, they may see your good works, give the, and give glory to the Father in heaven. Our second scripture lesson today comes from the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 4, verse 12. Let no one despise you, your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. This is the word of the Lord. We've come to the part where you'll hear the stories from our students, and I just wanted to give a quick little background. We had four trips this summer, uh, a couple of which you'll hear specific stories about uh, on, a few from a few of our, our people they're going to be sharing more broadly because we have a group of our students uh, who went on all four. Uh, so uh, we have four trips, uh, one middle school trip to DeLand, Stetson University, um, did some mission work in that area. Uh, we did uh, a high school urban serve mission trip to downtown Atlanta. Uh, and then we did our standard Montreat spiritual experience camp. And then our uh, third year heading back to our partnership, Vitahoven in Nicaragua. And so we had 102 uh, volunteers and students vo involved in those four trips. And uh, these are just a few of the stories. If we had all day, we'd have more than this. But this is just a few of the stories and the ways in which God has been working. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Alex? <laughs> Good morning. Uh, my name is Alex Anyart, and I'm going to my junior year at Riverview High School. And I got the pleasure of going on the mission trip to Nicaragua this year. This was my first out-of-the-country mission trip, and I was really excited, but I also didn't really know what to expect. And going into this trip, I hadn't been doing a lot with my church friends or coming to church on Sundays. I'd fallen into my old habits of sleeping in and being lazy. However, during this trip, I felt so in touch with my spirituality that I knew something in my life needed a change. But that's not the only reason that I would consider this trip life-changing. And you'll understand why in a little bit. On the morning of our second day, we had our first devotional with all of our Nikas. Pastor Bruce set out a bunch of rocks in the shape of a cross on a table, and on the bottom of every rock was a word. We each got to pick up a rock, and mine said servant. I didn't fully realize what the meaning of this word was until later on. The rest of that day, we got to view the city and stay with our homestay families. The next day, we found out what our job sites were. I was with a group working at one of the Nika's houses, trying to build walls for the structures of it. Not many of us Americans had any experience building walls, and I told Bruce after the second day, that it's amazing what a bunch of inexperienced people can do when they work together. The days we were working in the city were eye-opening, and you could really see God shining through the people around you. But the nights in the mountains were equally as eye-opening, and you could really feel God in the nature around you. Our first night staying in the camp, we gathered around a fire singing songs with our group, and you could tell God's presence was among us. Our second night in the camp, we got to go through a labyrinth as each American would go through the labyrinth one by one, the Nikas were in the middle standing by a cross singing. The next day, one of the students said something that really struck meaning to me. They said that walking through the labyrinth is kind of like your journey through faith, where sometimes you're close to the center of it and you can hear the music playing and those are the times that you're really strong in your faith. Whereas other times you're kind of further away from the center and you can't hear the music as loudly and those are the times where you're kind of struggling in your faith. But at the end will always be the same, the cross. On the last night in camp, a few of us walked back to the labyrinth. 
It was amazing to look up at the stars without any of the lights from the city because we could see almost everyone in the sky. And while we were in the labyrinth, I got the opportunity to share my testimony with my little group. And at the end of sharing, I took a moment to reflect on the week, and this was when I remembered the first day. Once we had our rock, we were given the opportunity to pray. And in my prayer, I said, Dear Lord, I'm ready to accept your challenge and serve you as best as I can and in every opportunity that I get. And in that moment of reflection, I realized that this was the first time that I had truly accepted Christ into my life. And the realization was that was, of that was truly incredible. There have been times in my life where I felt closeness to Christ, like at Montreat and even in my confirmation to the church. But this week was the first time that I actually understood what it meant to accept him into my life. Thank you. Hi, I'm Sean, and I recently went on the Urban Serve mission, mission trip. Uh, going on this trip, I didn't really know anyone. I was new, and that made me really nervous, so I didn't know what to expect. But um, we stopped at a church in Georgia for our first night, and I wasn't sure what to do because, like I said, I haven't gone on one of these trips. And um, I didn't know anyone, so I was really surprised when uh, people just started including me, talking to me, and it made me feel really happy. Um, the next day, we went to our dorms in Georgia Tech and had dinner in the cafeteria, which I had a lot of fun doing because uh, I got to know the people that I'd be working with over the next week. And um, it, when over the next few days, we went to a church called Redemption for our mission. And it was amazing to play games with these kids and get to know them because they're all a really great group of kids. And um, it was an amazing thing to do. And every night we had worship with a pastor named Sam, who was a really cool guy, and he shared his story throughout the entire week. And he taught us about scripture, and it was life-changing in a way. And I had it was an amazing experience to go there. And when we left that week, when we came home, um, my family greeted me, and they said that uh, I seemed to be different, and, like the trip changed me. And I believe that it did too, and it's, that's why I really am excited to go next year. And um, getting to meet all these people, new people, uh, really was a great experience, and I had so much fun doing it. Uh, thank you. Really tall, okay. Good morning. Um, my name is Meredith Haas, and I'm going to be a junior at Inspiration Academy, and this year is my third year attending Montreat Youth Conference. I feel really blessed to get to share my heart with all of you today. Before I started attending Montreat three years ago, I struggled to understand the love of a place so far away. I couldn't begin to comprehend why there was such excitement to be present on those grounds and how a place only visited for seven days could become a safe haven to the multitude of youth that attend. To be honest, I thought Christmas in Siesta Key was about as good as it could get. But now, three years later, after plenty of tears, laughter, dancing, bonding, conversation, and the feeling of Christ's love hugging that mountain, I fully understand the sentiment of that place. Honestly though, if I tried to list everything I adore about Montreat, you all would be here until next Sunday. So instead, I'm going to talk about books. A couple weeks ago at this conference, I found a new appreciation for books. This life I live is a book and God is my author. 
He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and he is beautifully and powerfully intertwined into each chapter of my story. In Montreal, I looked at 1,000 students who had totally different chapters written in their life, different hurts, different struggles, and different successes. Each person was truly unique. The common denominator we shared in our diverse group was the author of our stories, God, maker of heaven and earth, the one who knows the number of hairs on our head and all the times we have cried out for his comfort. This theme, this is our story, brought us all to the realization that we can boldly confess what is written in the pages of our lives. It reminded me daily that I am not perfect, but I am perfectly loved. I'm sure that all of you have heard that the small groups at Montreal are a highlight for many. It is a time where we can be transparent, where acceptance is mandatory, and where small talk is non-existent. Small Group 28 was where I found a peace with my past and chose to make my messy mistakes a testimony of God's triumph. There was comfort in the sorrow and tears, uh, sorrow and tears, laughter in the mess and joy, and hugs in the valleys and mountaintops. In those five days, I found family in my small group. Each person blessed my heart with their endless compassion. My heart is full in saying that each wrote a sentence in my story. Everywhere I look on that mountain, I feel and intimately experience the presence of our gracious God. I feel him through the rustling of the trees, in the vibrant sunrise, through the trickling water in the creek, in the laughter of a pier, in the tear of a story, and in the community of my incredible church family. It is the place where every voice is heard, every person matters, each person is unconditionally loved, and students are continuously reminded that they are called and equipped to change lives, and that sharing their stories is just the start of it. When I look back at my story, at each sentence and section, I realize that this is only the beginning. God and I have a lot more writing to do, a lot more lives to change, a lot more memories to make, and a lot more hugs to be had. But it does not waver where my heart stays, and that's most definitely in the mountains. I can say with confidence, Montreal will forever be the favorite chapter of my story. Thank you. Trying to adjust this thing here. All right, forget it. Good morning. My name's Connor Long. I'm gonna be a senior at Sarasota Military Academy. And um, I've been going to these trips for a while and I always go in with high expectations, but this time I wanted to change it up and try not to go in with expectations and God showed himself to me in uh, many ways. Um, one way that was very striking to me was we went to our middle school trip, and I love serving with the middle schoolers because you get to see these really young kids just mold in their faith. They're so easy. You feed them scripture, and they just take it all in, and you just see them wanting to grow and grow, and it's such a blessing being such a leader and seeing them grow. It makes me kind of look towards uh, being a youth pastor when I'm older, so just cool to look at. Yeah, Jeff's a great guy, guys, by, by the way. Very inspiring. Um, anyways, back to what I'm here to talk about. Jeff told me I had more time, so I'm going to talk a little more. Um, I learned that there's an offer at the table with our God, and that this offer is the offer to walk in our faith with him. It is the invitation to come to the table. But this isn't just an ordinary invitation. Who has got an invitation to a wedding or a birthday party? Come on, let's be active. Hands, please, people, thank you, yes. This isn't just a normal invitation. This is an invitation 
with blood from our God who died on the cross for us. Who else can give us that invitation? I don't know anyone else. Our second thing that I learned was to take off the mask, the mask that we always drop into in society, is hiding behind people and trying to fit in with society. But that's not what it's about. It's about walking in our faith and being open about it. And the Nikas that we walk with in Nicaragua and serving hands and feet, they show us perfectly what it's like to walk in our faith and be open. And that's how it should be when we're walking here, not just in a different country, but everywhere we go. And so this is my challenge to you, church. We are ready to serve. We're ready to be the hands and feet, but we need mentors like you. We need people to share their stories with us so we can learn and walk and start new, kind of. We need mentors in our lives because everyone has a unique story. Jeff always says that we are God's beautiful tapestry, and we are just a little needle and thread in the bigger picture. We are a church, we are a community, and we need to share those stories with each other. Us, you, young and old, please share your stories. We'd love to hear them. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Emma Turtle, and this summer I had the pleasure of going on all four summer trips that our youth group offered also known as the quadfecta. Also meaning I slept in my own bed about five times this summer. And while I'm up here, and all of those that went on all four trips with me are present, I'd like to apologize because, well, four weeks with me was probably quite a difficult task. But in all seriousness, this summer has been the best summer of my life. I started off this summer being a high school leader for the Student Life Middle School trip in Deland, Florida. As a leader, one of our roles were to lead a back home Bible study. And to me, this was the coolest part of the trip. Not the rock and worship band or the amazing pastor or the really fun mission work with a bunch of cute little kids. It was getting to see these young girls grow in Christ and be a mentor to them whilst I was still growing in my faith. Then a few weeks after, I went on another student life trip similar to the one prior, but it was for high schoolers and it was an urban serve trip in Atlanta, Georgia. And this is when I grew the most in my faith and with our church family. It made a lot of us really think about our relationship with God and how our relationship with him impacts our everyday lives. This week ended with a lot of us making the decision to dedicate or rededicate our lives to Christ, which was amazing. That night that a lot of us decided to make this awesome decision in our lives, we just hugged and prayed and cried and we're just a family. It was so indescribable. Um, then going straight from this trip, we went to Montreat, which was, not gonna lie, a little bit of a difficult transition in the beginning because one, we were tired, and two, we had just come from this amazingly emotional and spiritual and life-changing experience, and I wasn't really sure how Montreat could compare, but it did. During this trip, I had a lot of time to reflect on the trip prior. Montreat, like Meredith talked about, is just one of those places where you can feel God's presence all around you, and you make amazing friendships. And talking about amazing friendships and God's presence automatically makes me think of Nicaragua. The Nicaragua trip, that's a mouthful, the Nicaragua trip never fails to open my eyes and my heart to see God's love and his presence in every single thing we do. The Nicaraguans we meet every year and have long-lasting relationships with are just such incredible people, some of the most incredible people you will ever meet. So kind and welcoming and compassionate and caring. And every year we do something called a homestay, 
where we go and stay in one of the Vitahoven leaders' homes. To give you a little background, Vitahoven is the organization that we work with. It translates to young, to young life in English, and their mission is to get all teens and young adults off the street and hopefully end up leading them to Christ. So anyway, we stay one night in one of the Vitahoven leaders' homes, and sometimes these people are even giving up their beds for us to sleep in. It's just so amazing. It's not even that. It's just the want and the willingness they have to do so that just fills my heart. Even though that morning I was awoken up 4 a.m., yes, people, 4 a.m., by a rooster that had 20-second intervals of crowing. And I thought roosters woke up at the crack of dawn and started crowing, but no, they start before that. But that experience and just the trip as a whole was so amazing and so impactful and so eye-opening. I went to Nicaragua thinking I was helping them. And I mean, we did a little bit, but we really, they just helped us so much more. And I came back with so much more than I had brought there. I could talk about and tell you stories from these absolutely amazing trips all day. And trust me, I would if I didn't only have three minutes up here, which I've probably exceeded. But I am up here talking about these amazing trips because of a lot of you guys in this room who've been so kind to sponsor us students and let us experience these amazing, life-changing trips. And for this, I am truly thankful. Good morning. I'm Bill Mallett, and I will not be going to any high school this year. Okay, as Connor said before, make sure you participate. Would all the parents of students who went on trips this summer please raise your hands? Being a parent of a high schooler myself, I know that you may not believe what I'm about to say, but it is true. Your children are compassionate, loving, and amazing people. Thank you for letting me share some of their life this summer. They went out into the world and showed the love of Christ to all they came in contact with. Believe me, I saw it. I went on two trips this summer, one to Montreat and the other Nicaragua. The Montreat trip overlapped a night and a morning with the urban serve trip in Atlanta. So I was able, able to see a small sample of the love and service they gave and the love that was returned to them. The Sunday morning, they had a worship service that was sort of a culmination of their summer camp. We went to their worship service. Our children that worked at Urban Surf participated in the service. My observation from that was how wonderfully they loved and how wonderfully they were loved by the people there. The question I had was where were all the parents of the children who had attended the camps? While we waited on the bus for the kids that had gone to Urban Serve and were joining us for Montreat, I sat there and watched our children running around trying to hug every single person they could and be hugged back. And then I saw the pastor come out and get on a bus. They had a karate after school camp logo and signage on the side of it. And I wondered what it was about until I saw probably 60% of the kids who had been attending the camps come out and file onto the bus to be taken to wherever their homes were. And I realized that he had an amazing mission and we all need to pray for him and hope that God blesses him, his congregation, and all of those children. So off we went to Montreat. 
I had heard stories through the years, like all of you, but I had no idea what it was going to be like. I didn't know that children could stay up that late for so many nights in a row. <laughs> but it was amazing. There was worship, there was devotion time, there was music, there was prayer, there was small group amongst people that didn't know each other before, but left as friends. Then there was our small group. That and other things gave me an opportunity to get to know some of the children I already knew better, love them more, and those that I hadn't met before, I got to meet and love them as well. Montreat was amazing. The worship was amazing. We left there with one thing that we needed to know, and that was, we are blessed. Then, after six whole days at home, we headed off to Nicaragua. Many years ago, I worked in Rehabitat, and don't tell them, but my daughter was able to be there with me, because I had no place else for her to be. So we worked together for a few years, and during that time, with all of the folks heading off to Honduras, one of the things we talked about was that our first mission trip outside of the country would be together, and Lo and behold, not only did we go on one, but when we got there, there were two job sites. Pastor Bruce, El Tigre, said, I'm going to pick you folks to go here, and I'm going to pick you folks to go over here. Is that okay? Sure. When we got there, the work that awaited us at our job site was all the same stuff that I had done in Rehabitat and that Rachel had done in Rehabitat. It was amazing. There was nothing to learn. We'd already been there and done it before. It was just a different location. This was a community building used by all kinds of people, birthdays, weddings, Wiedehoven Club, and it was also used by the Catholic Church, but it had been really neglected for years. It was an amazing time. The people of the community so appreciated the fact that this building was being worked on their children came and joined us. Little girls rushed in on their way home from school to talk to our girls and hug them and smile, then run home and change their clothes and come back to work. The gentleman that owned the store next door came out to make sure that Emma got the paint railing painted cor correctly. <laughs> the most important thing about the job site was that when it was done, it was transformed and our lives were transformed. When we left the work site for the last time, the store owner and one of the young girls who had worked with us stood on the porch and waved goodbye with big smiles on their faces. It touched my heart. Emma said it, the Nicaraguans, and Connor said this too, the Nicaraguans walk every day with Christ on their sleeves and in their hearts, and it is amazing. We left Nicaragua with two words. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. While we were in Montreat, we heard something that I now strongly agree with. We have often heard that the children are the future of the church, and when we talk about the youngest, they still are. But high school, and for those middle school youth who get out and serve as the hands and feet of Christ, they are the here and now of the church. They are doing his work among his people 
They have good ideas on how to better serve our community and our world. So have a conversation with one sometime. Listen to their stories. Maybe share your story because we all are with God still writing our story. there you have it. What a joy and a blessing it is. I don't ever want to do anything else. And I hope and I pray that these stories caused you to catch a glimpse of not just how our teenagers experience summer, which is normally a downtime in the church. For us, it's an uptime. But hopefully it helped you to catch a glimpse of your own relationship with Christ that maybe helped to feed it just a little bit. 
As a church, our job is to love one another, to share our stories with one another, and you heard it from a few of our students and, and Bill, how important it is to share your story with one another. And so we want to encourage you to share your story with those that you love, and maybe even people you don't know, because you'll never be ceased to be amazed at the way in which God can use you in someone else's life, and vice versa. So we are th so thankful for the opportunity to share some of our stories with you today. We thank you for your support. We thank you for your prayers. We thank you for the opportunity to be here. It's not every church that gives the opportunity for students to lead worship, and we recognize that and are thankful for it. So now may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Have a great day. <clears throat>